Hey guys, welcome back to the Made Men podcast. This is David Sloan, your host, and Adam Carroll, our co-host. And today we have a very special guest, Daniel Kremen. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Not too bad. Can't complain. Good. Do you want to give a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Yeah, so I'm a psychological performer, which basically means that I kind of, it started off as a magician, but then I use psychology and social science to mess with people's heads is the, the broadest way of, of putting it. <laughs> Sounds like a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what, what are you doing now? What are you studying? Yes, I'm doing social science in UCC, which ties in very nicely with, uh, with that whole side of things as well. Um, yet to actually get into college, though. <laughs> so it's, it's just been all <laughs> from my bedroom. Yeah. Which is yeah. great fun. That's good. So um, how do you, how are you finding it as a, as a course? What do you, what do you think of it? To be honest, it's like, because my first one was applied psychology was my first option. And then social science was my second, but I actually much prefer it to the applied psychology now from what I've heard of it, because kind of my friends that are doing applied psychology as well. And they're saying that all the interesting bits are the modules that I'm doing in my course as well anyway. And the only addition that they're doing a lot of the time is like maths. Uh, and statistics oh. and all that stuff. So I'm delighted not to have yeah. that research aspect of it <laughs> included. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would highly recommend the course so far anyway. Unless That's that good. changes. <laughs> yeah, we're yet to find out. Um, yeah, like I'm fascinated by psychology and I think you know that I'm fascinated by psychology. And I think, to be fair, Adam, you've a, you've a good interest in psychology as well and Absolutely. how people work. Yeah, um, in my course name as well. So we have like sports psychology it's my favorite probably mind you last uh, last semester absolutely loved it so uh, it's good that we have daniel on to uh, pick his brain i suppose good to yeah things. yeah and my course that i'm looking to do next year is computing and psychology so i'm uh, going the nerdy route of psychology um looking at how people's brains work with computers and design and all of that stuff so i'll be a uh, touching base on the old psychology and brains and stuff too um, which I am a little bit worried considering that I didn't do biology and like I'm going to need to know you know probably detailed stuff in the psychology side of things so you know we'll see how that goes yeah though. you'll probably be okay like yeah, uh, like I, I know like that say. course yeah like like the good thing about that course is just like last week or something I think it got accredited for the Irish Psychological Association of Ireland or whatever so it's you proper which is good um mm. but I think like with with my course anything that's kind of psychological it does link back to certain biological elements but I think a lot of that would be if you're doing something more like developmental psychology because a lot of that involves genetics and hereditary and stuff like that but when it comes to the computing side of things yours is probably more kind of it would be kind of like software based and how you know if you look at like an iPhone you you know how to use an iPhone without having to be taught because it's just so user-friendly so I think a lot of that course is the kind of psychology behind making technology user-friendly mm. and stuff. So there shouldn't be too much biology involved in that, yeah. hopefully. Well, that's, a, that's exactly what I like anyway, the user experience. And that's a, that's yeah. why I went for it. Or, well, yeah, it's down on my CEO now, or CAO. Um, yeah, so today we have a little bit of a, a well, two topics of discussions, really. Um, one is lockdowns and how we find them if they're worth it what's the the whole 
you know, the big debate around them. Um, and then I'm sure we'll we'll touch on the education system again later on and the leaving cert in particular <clears throat> and the psychological side effects of or impacts of such a exam um, and situation. But um, yeah, first of all, Daniel, what do you think about coronavirus, the lockdowns, how we're handling it as a country? And how well, we're finding it? Yeah, like I think from a actual spreading the virus point of view, I think lockdowns, like people say that they don't work, but they clearly do because we were at 7,000 plus cases at Christmas and now we're down to about a thousand, you know? So it's like, I think they were needed. You can have a whole other story about, you know, whether they shouldn't be needed for the fact that we shouldn't be in the position at all. But regardless of that, we are, you know, we were in the position and we had to do it. But I think it can, it affects everyone differently because like humans are ridiculously social creatures even if you look at like kind of like you know mountaintops where you have a bunch of hermits living that just come in complete isolation it's groups of hermits living together which i think is quite funny you know it's mm-hmm. like you still people just don't like the whole isolation side of things and i think like one one thing that's really interesting i think it was a study done in like 2017 by the university of texas and rice university which is another university in texas they did a thing where they got i think it was something like 312 um, just participants to take a survey that said it was a loneliness scale test so they filled out that form and then they gave them nasal drops with like a common flu um, virus so they g- gave them that and then they quarantined them inside in a hotel for like five days and then afterwards asked them to self-report their symptoms and how bad they felt and the people who were higher on the loneliness scale had worse symptoms than those who didn't which I think is quite an interesting thing to think about mm-hmm. now when you're isolating people because of a virus, that that can then affect with the virus as well. But I think it's not just a kind of a, a thing to claim and say, see, we can't have a lockdown because of that, because if you didn't have a lockdown, you'd have way more cases. So yeah. I think like, although it's not the best for everyone, <laughs> I think sometimes they are necessary, unfortunately. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, what, I what do you think, Adam? Uh, like, just to go along with what Daniel's saying there, I think, um, the, like, with the with lockdowns, it's 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 a complicated one, as he's saying. People are naturally social butterflies, I suppose. Um, it's very hard to kind of kind of take people's. Uh, feelings into consideration when it is like such a serious matter uh you know a lot of people are dying you know there's still what 50 60 deaths a day is it about that we're in that phase yeah and it, i i think it is taking a lot of a huge toll on people's mental health um but like i think it is necessary to have them and it, like there's one thing doing it but you got it like i think they have to follow through with, with all procedures like the way I'm pretty sure we mentioned about it before, Dave, but uh, New Zealand, the way they just closed down the ports, they closed down the borders. Like, we, we like, wasn't it for a whole year there at one stage? We had, like, uh, the, like, when we went into our lockdown, there were still people able to come over without getting tested and without, yeah. um, which is, a, which, what well, that's where I find we fucked up big time. You know, I feel that was the biggest, uh, for me, that was the biggest, like, what was the whole point in that then? You know what I mean? If we're coming on to our third lockdown, you, you'd 
thought by by the second one we would literally have this you know knocked out the park and completely cleared but you know there has been huge mistakes uh, made along the way I think yeah yeah um I I agree to it to a certain extent like I think I think there's two ways of doing it um I think there's the Swedish way of doing it which is no lockdowns um leave everything happen and pump money into the healthcare system um to make sure that they're able to handle the amount of volume of cases and um treat patients at a better rate so that you know they the deaths won't be as crazy yet there still will be a lot of deaths which is an inevitable um but i think if you were to look at their statistics and their graphs they seemed to kind of level out like they had without a lockdown of course they peaked up and then they went back down and they kind of leveled out for a while and they didn't have this up down up down movement as um other countries are seeing like us but then there's the other side of it which is new zealand um Mm -hmm. which i think looks fantastic um but i think you can only do that if you did it at the beginning you can't just decide to do new zealand after two lockdowns and that didn't work um and I think we are now realizing probably that we should have done New Zealand's kind of way or at least thought about it more. I think people were scared um, at the very beginning back last April um, to just be like, or last March, sorry, to just be like, oh, we're going to lock down the entire country and nothing's going to, like, that's, that's a big jump. Yeah. And New Zealand made that jump before everyone else. And now they're looking like, oh, we knew everything, um, but we still don't know the implications of New Zealand's kind of complete cut it all out through like economically, but also socially through the lockdowns. Like how do people handle it? How did all of that happen? I think there's a lot that we don't know yet. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, there's Sweden's kind of side of things where they, they were quite liberal with it um, and kind of just chilled out. No one didn't, no masks, no lockdowns. Um, and I don't know, theirs looks like, it sounds weird to say, but like they took the more side of, we want the economy to keep going and we want people's like mental health to be good. And they valued that more than, or if it appears that they valued that more than the actual like uh, health of patients with COVID. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the only thing about like kind of trying to compare like the current Irish situation to Sweden or New Zealand is the fact that like, yes, New Zealand is an island and we're an island, but we have a border with another country on our island. Yeah. So it makes it a lot harder for us to go into a full lockdown. And in Sweden, they have a very socialist society with a universal healthcare system. Yeah. So they can afford to pump more money into it as opposed to our public private, which... At, at the start of it, we did kind of get rid of that Go drastically and had a single yeah. tier system. Um, but you can't do that for everything. Um, well, like not that you can't, but we couldn't have it for everything so quickly. So I think it is very hard to try and compare Ireland with New Zealand and and Sweden for for those kind of situations. But I think definitely if we had more of a strict um, strict controls on our borders and stuff is definitely yeah. something that should have been brought in way earlier. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the key. Yeah. yeah, and by borders, I don't mean between north and south. I just mean actually like ports and airports. 
yeah coming into mm. the country yeah, yeah 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 because i think that's what people a lot of people forget that too with um like when they complain about the borders they think that that's just people on a plane and they forget that you know there's a lot more stuff coming through Ireland and yeah. we're like one of the biggest exporting countries in probably the world for our size and importing as well. Cause we're an Island and we, you know, we're going to need a lot of stuff. So like, yeah, things are going to co- like New Zealand yeah. can make more stuff within their own country than we can. Yeah. 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 Like I do, I would like to see though, like the amount of money that, w- that we're spending in lockdowns like to keep us basically yeah. economically afloat and keep um like people's you know the covid payment and to actually enforce lockdowns and everything that goes along with lockdowns like i'd love to see if you just pumped that money directly into the healthcare system without much of a lockdown like obviously there's restrictions um i i don't agree with this like act like there's nothing there. Like I think if you're not wearing, like you should wear a mask obviously all yeah. the time. Um, I think there should be like limits to public transport numbers um, and kind of gatherings and places. Like I think that's all fine. Like probably the level kind of three or level, yeah, is it level three around there? Level three, level four. Yeah. Um, like I think if you maintained that with pumping money into the healthcare system, then I think it would be it would be brilliant, but that's like a perfect world, and I don't yes. think that yes, you'll get. Scenario. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you'll get the perfect world. Like I think one of the big issues with, like I'm sure it's happened in other countries as well, but it's, it's really clear here is the Irish people think, like if there isn't a restriction saying you can't do it, you should go and do it, you know. And it's like if we don't have a lockdown, just because the pubs are open doesn't mean you need to go to a pub every single night. Or just yeah, because you're able yeah. to go to a restaurant doesn't mean you have to go out to a restaurant. And I think that's our big issue. It's like just because the government isn't saying you can't do something doesn't mean it's not safe to do it. Um, and I think that's one of our big issues. And that's what brings us back into these lockdowns mm. is the government don't have an adequate exit strategy from a lockdown. Yeah, and I they, think I sorry, Adam. Go on. No, I was just going to say, and Daniel, what do you what do you think is uh what what do you think is going to happen in the next uh, couple of months? But how are we uh, how are we going to you know break you know you know reduce the size of uh, of deaths to reduce the sizes of uh, of the amount of cases? Like how how do you think in your own opinion or when do you think you know things will start you know kind of come in like the, the light at the end of the tunnel kind of a scenario where things will start to change or do you think it will change in, in a positive direction soon or what's what's your opinion on it? Um, I to be honest, like I think at the moment we're coming out of the lockdown on the fifth of March, which isn't going to happen because they're not going to come out of a lockdown on the fifth of March and have cold turkey. Like. Paddy's, pad, no, have Paddy's Day two weeks later. Yeah, we're going to be in a lockdown <laughs> for Paddy's Day. Yeah, and like that's so it's it's like what I can see is I can see it going to the end of March and then maybe going to a level four in in April, but I can't see us coming out of any lockdown into any type of level one or two until we definitely have all the vulnerable vaccinated. You know, I think we'll slowly come out of the lockdowns as we vaccinate our country, which by the times of it now, thanks to AstraZeneca and stuff and all this going on, could be... Uh, it's looking like a mess. September. Yeah. They're still saying that any adult that wants a vaccine will have been offered one by September, which... 
is because I've I've well I I've looked at it. It's it's hopeful, but it is still doable. Oh, is it mm. It's not very optimistic. It's hopeful, but it is it's not extremely unlikely as long yeah. as there isn't some major spanner thrown in the works. You know, like like we are not doing ridiculous amount of vaccinations at the moment, but that's just because we don't have enough of the vaccine yet. As we get more vaccine, we will be administering that more and more on a daily basis and stuff. So I think as long as nothing crazy happens with us getting the vaccine, like what is starting to happen at the moment, and the European Union putting a hard border on the island of Ireland for like five hours and then <laughs> realising it was a bad idea, um, hopefully we'll get out of it. Do you think so? It'll, it'll kind of bounce from kind of level to level. Like, uh, do you feel it'll drop from level five to three to four to? Do you think it'll like no. keep changing like that? Uh, so, I I think I think no. it'll it'll slowly come out of the lockdown, but like really slowly. I don't think it'll. I don't think we'll go into another lockdown. I think we'll probably be staying in this one until we can get out of it, unless. But then, yeah. like that's that's what I think should happen. But that isn't what. Do you think at the moment what have you believed? So. Yeah, like I, I think, um, I think one a good thing that you just said there is what they they want you to believe. I don't think they're gonna tell anything straight up, um, yet. Anyway, I think they'll just kind of yeah. keep keep you hoping, and which I don't agree with. Like they're doing it with the leaving certain all of that. We can touch on that later with just dragging it on. Um, <laughs> but like I think they should be, uh, like one. I think they should all be on the same page. I think we are a lot. We've seen a lot with the government that they're one person will say one thing and then the other, another person might say something slightly different or slightly mm-hmm. twisted and that gives a different message slightly to people um which isn't good obviously you want everybody getting the one message that's the same across the board um yeah but like i think that is one of the weird things about ireland that you don't see in many other countries is so many members of government mm. are have different says and stuff you know like it sh- it should really be like two primary people, which should be Taoiseach and the Tanisha, should be giving out any new information. So, like, if you look at like the state, it's the president, Downing Street, it's the PM. You know, yeah. it's like, but a- apparently, kind of a lot of ministers think that they're also the head of everything. Um, yeah, there's, there's, an, e- there's an ego thing, thing you know? there, um, and I'm all for supporting a government as much as you can, especially in a position like this, but it's hard sometimes <laughs> no yeah i agree like i when i'm looking like i i keep up with the canadian um kind of news on it yeah. with the whole lockdown how they're handling it um and i saw that i think it was the start of this month um around probably the, the first week of this month they had ontario as a as a province which has now toronto and has mm-hmm. ottawa and has uh kingston and like pretty big towns and cities in between um way bigger than our population i'm sure it's about 15 million 10 to 15 million something like that um they had less cases than us in a day and that's including toronto like a global um massive city and ottawa which is the capital and then us as a country of only four and a half nearly five million people um we had more cases and i'm just like how does that happen we're a smaller country as well, though. We're less spread out. Yeah, but they've got pockets that are very dense. Very dense. Like, we've got mm. a lot of rural areas where, you know, 
not much is happening. They've got like Toronto, they've got Ottawa, they've got a way bigger, more our rural areas don't have a lot of people living in them though either. True. We are more um what's the word saturated in yeah. Dublin, Cork. Um yeah, I just I'm just finding that fascinating how yeah. different people like how different countries are handling it and how di- like different strategies what, yeah. yeah like the thought that the reason why i brought that up was with you on about the different levels of um government that are all sick, having a word yeah. and all saying like they have in canada they've the prime minister so the the top dog uh trudeau um he's he's a legend i love trudeau um and then they have the what do they call him again Oh, I'm gonna forget this now. They've like the basically the heads of each province. Um, I can't remember. Mm. Premier, premier. That's what it's called. A premier. It's like a French word. Um, and they have then of each province, and the province kind of handles itself. But then the president or the prime minister will kind of have an overlook of everything and kind of enforce yeah. the really really tough ones. But like Ontario will go into a lockdown, a really strict one, and another province mightn't um yeah and i like i don't know it could be like it could be interesting for us to see how that would happen like it's not fair for donegal if they let's say they have get like 10 cases um to be in a level five when dublin then are pumping out a thousand five thousand cases a day or whatever like i don't know it yeah. could be something to look at but i think even because i know it, it it's essentially having your own local government in different different pockets which we have to some extent by like Cork County Councils and stuff like that but I know that they were planning on doing a referendum for Limerick anyway to give the mayor of Limerick and his own kind of local council more say in how the police are run and how housing is run and stuff so I think that would move into more of a kind of a Canadian and American model of each Mm. country getting to have more say over it which I think is a good idea even from the point of view of giving the government more time to deal with the more national issues you know yeah yeah, 100%. Um, like, exactly. Like, I think it takes a lot off the plates of the government that need to deal with the, the bigger problems. Um, and, like, it's, it's... it's Sorry, go on, Alan. No, I was just, just going to say there, how do you think the people of Ireland are finding the lockdown? Like, in one sense, I believe, like, this is completely kind of a, another topic here, but I was just kind of thinking there while you were saying that is... See... I, it's kind of led me to be like people do hate the lockdown and they you know uh, you know like it's the worst thing ever it's really draining on a lot of people well i i see i see a lot of um kind of uh good uh, to come out of lockdown as well did you notice like i see like so like more people kind of becoming active and everything from it did you like even myself like i'm starting to do things that i wouldn't do like if, if there was no lockdown i wouldn't have done it like like this podcast like uh you know, certain, you know, doing other things like, you know, like trading and stuff on, online and stuff. And, you know, I think there is a lot of good to come out of it whilst also having the huge negatives uh, side of things. Would you, would you agree? <laughs> yeah, no, I def, I like, I, I think the thing is like everyone is individual and everyone is different. And yeah. one person might prefer a lockdown to having to go out and socialize with people and meet up with people. And then other people might need that social interaction and, and need to be with people. But I think the one thing is just because you're in a lockdown doesn't mean you should isolate yourself completely. You know, um, even if that's 
you know, talking on Zoom with someone or going for a walk, staying two meters apart with someone. It's like, I know the stats from the States was like since the 80s, uh, loneliness among adults has doubled. So it's like about 40% of Americans, this is before COVID, would have said that they were lonely. And if you just think about that, which the US is quite a large sample, so it's kind of, you know, you can say it about any country that it would be roughly similar if it's, it's large enough to, to yeah. make a statement like that over. And then you add a lockdown on top of that, you know, um, can have negative effects on people's mental health. But I think with the mental health issues, you need to, if you're going to go into a lockdown, you need to have the support there for them, which to be fair, our government do have a lot of helplines and stuff for that. But mm. the only thing is actual services are still drastically underfunded uh, in our yeah. country at the moment. Yeah, like I think... Um... Like, it's interesting what you said there with the sample um, with the states, because like, I think when you look at Ireland, Ireland has one of the highest suicide rates for people in general, but especially young men, young, like Mm. in Europe, um, in the world, really. And I'd love to see, like, specifically, how does that affect us as a country for a country that naturally, statistically has a way worse depression and suicide rate than a lot of countries across the world. Hmm. I th- I think what's also interesting is is when when people say that you know they say that uh, especially amongst men and stuff. What I think is interesting though is the fact that that the rates for suicide are higher amongst men, but the rates for attempted suicide it's are higher, higher amongst, amongst women. women. Yeah, it's just women men use more brutal force. So if yeah. you want to use kind of a crude term, they're more successful at it than women yeah. are. When it comes to it, so I, so I think the thing is that it's like it's a national thing, not just a gender separation. That men are more um, prone to depression, which they they may or not be. I actually don't know enough on that to make a statement like that. But it's it definitely like it's higher for women if men are the ones that are successful at committing suicide. I mean, there's still a lot of women that are unsuccessful but are depressed. You know? Yeah, one hundred percent. I just I think with the reason why that could be is with men they don't you know this this the stereotype of we don't talk um mm. we bottle it up we don't really want to like push it on to anyone else and i think that then like women are a lot more they'd be more inclined to kind of talk to their friends or talk to whoever um rather than men um and obviously yeah. that's a bit of a generalization um but i think that would feed into why men would be more like have a worse as you said success like they're they're more successful when doing it because they just they don't talk to anyone and one day it's just you you like you'd never know when it happens there's no like i think if you looked at a, a woman's case you would see kind of signs a lot uh, as it goes along um and they might be more open to talk about it a little bit more or kind of give those indications that like oh they're not okay but with a man like it could be completely fine on the outside and then all of a sudden, one day, it's just, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. It's, um, I wonder if, you know, this is going to have a huge impact on the, you know, the depression rates in Ireland. Has it? Is there any, like, kind of studies out there at the moment that this has taken an even bigger toll on people? Is, is there anything out there yet about that? Do you know? I haven't seen any studies done on it yet, but I, yeah, like, I don't see how it ha- it wouldn't make yeah. it worse. Like, if, yeah. if you're going to be honest, like. Yeah. Yeah. 
like I know because um, I, I was looking into the stats like kind of around the whole leaving cert um, last mm. year for my leaving cert and it was like after the lockdown started there was a 60% increase in phone calls to Childline so which is both physical that, abuse and mental abuse that's a but big that's, increase that's a huge increase for for such a short space of time as well this was only like into the lockdown was it March and this was April kind of thing you know Mm. Um, so if that's anything to go by, like it's a, uh, it will be quite clear. Yeah, like I, I think, um, I and I also think the way, like the, the way the last lockdown that it was announced, like going until March fifth. When was that last week or the week before? Yeah, and when they announced that, like I think it, um, it did look quite depressing from across the board like no there was it did it lacked that bit of hope it, it did and there was a lot of negativity and I think that that's really affected people now where it's like oh my god we're going again yeah. and we don't even I, know I, when if we're yeah. coming out I think what was interesting about that though was kind of like before the announcement was made like we all knew we weren't coming out of a lockdown I don't agree you with know? that I think don't you I, I don't think still about 4,000 cases a day no, I'm saying I don't agree with us all finding out beforehand oh, before yeah. it's announced. No, I, I don't even yeah. mean that. I mean from the point of view of looking at the stats that oh, were yeah. coming out from RT every day. I don't think to say that we were going to stay in a lockdown was that much of a shock. Hmm. But I guess at the same time, just it actually being said by yeah. Michal Martin and stuff kind of in, in one sense kind of grounded it and made it more real. But I think I was kind of surprised when I looked online that everyone was like, oh, I can't believe the lockdown was extended. You know, that did yeah. kind of surprise me a bit. I, I think that comes from a bit of Irish people are often in denial and we always look at like the good stuff and we'd be sitting here like, oh no, like no cases are going down. Don't worry about it. We'll, they'll be like go on level four and it'll be fine. And then it's like, oh no, reality hits there. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it's interesting. Mm. What are you thinking, Adam? You're you're thinking away. No, I, I I'm just thinking away to myself. Uh, I um, it's I, I'm just wondering like what when like what will be the kind of next norm for this? Like when when everything's kind of you know kind of finished. I don't know if it'll ever be finished, but like it's just wondering like what will be norm? What will what will uh, what will it be like to you know go back into things like how like. How's this gonna be completely finished? Like, what's uh, the what's exit? The, yeah, what's the kind of next steps between there to now, or sorry, now till there? Sorry, and you know when we do go, you know, back into places or back to you know back to level one or whatever. I wonder how what's gonna change. What's um, you know, how things will be changed or if there will be any differences. You know, um, when that comes to anything, like just going into a shop will there be procedures you must follow or you know this these are kind of things it's just thinking there now while you were speaking so yeah i don't know it's 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 very interesting because we just don't know like i think the whole hand sanitizer thing is definitely going to be sticking yeah you know it's it's that, like that's going to be everywhere from now on um and i think you're definitely looking at still wearing masks until march 2022 at least you know, because I think like the issue is with the vaccine, you can still get COVID and you can still yeah, you spread can, yeah. COVID. You it's just see. the effects of it don't affect you like they are at the moment. 
you know so, so i think you can be a carrier with the with the vaccine yeah fuck yeah <laughs> you know yeah so, like that's why we need to have at least 75 percent of the population vaccinated but i think what it does look like is there doesn't seem like obviously you have these anti-vaxxers and RT use the virus and all these you know people but <laughs> for the vast majority of the country i think everyone is going to take the vaccine you know it, yeah, it, there does there doesn't seem to be a huge anti-vaccine kind of cohort of people that would greatly affect our herd immunity no. in the country which no. is good um yeah obviously you still have your general authorities and stuff like that but sure they're everywhere what will happen though with the people who are anti-vax what will what is there going to be a consequence there will there be you know, oh, well, if you're not getting the vaccine, well, you can't go uh, abroad or you can't. Yeah, in, in what Canada. Will, what will the story there, there might be? Yeah, there, there, you may need to get something on your passport that says you've gotten the vaccine. But I think you're oh. you're kind of going into dodgy human rights territory yeah. by doing that kind of thing. So I think there's, there's definitely going to be... Yeah, Canada you know, got some... Tread lightly. Canada got some um, lashback when they they came out basically saying that we're not going to infringe on your rights. You like, you don't have to get a vaccine, but if you don't get a vaccine, you're not going to be allowed to do certain things. And it's like, that's, they're, that's like, the only thing about Canada. Is they kind of, they like to kind of bring in laws and kind of enforce yeah. people to the things that you have to do. We saw that with the Jordan Peterson situation. Yeah. You know, um, um, I think what the problem with Canada is they want to be so progressive all the time. It's like they get ahead of themselves. Um, yeah. And they'd push a law through without fully like thinking about the actual like repercussions of it. And then they're like, yeah. oh, that wasn't right. And then they'll they'll track back. And like yeah. it doesn't happen all the time, but Jordan Peterson's no, but, it, yeah. is very uh it's a very well known and clear um yeah. moment when that happened. And yeah, like like I think in in terms of what he was saying about that bill C sixteen, like I would agree with him. Me too, but yeah. in in one sense, I whether I like he says that he wouldn't call someone by their pronouns depending on their motives. I wouldn't care. Like I will call you whatever you want, but I don't want a law saying I have to. And I think that that's the one difference. Like Jordan Peterson said that he may not call someone by their pronoun, you know. And like I agree with a lot of stuff that he says, but like that would be one distinction that I would disagree with him on. You know, it's like I'll call you whatever you want, but I don't want a law saying I have to. Yeah, I think what he was getting at there was that he he didn't want people to say, Oh, call me um call me a she when just to kind of get him in a sticky situation yeah. and he didn't want to kind of feel like he's in this trap situation where he has to say certain things um, wrong, which yeah. yeah which like I understand where he's coming from but then again I, I know what you're saying like just chill out just whatever just say it um yeah but I definitely agree with his main point of like that if if you're gonna make a hate speech like hate speech if by by a complete accident you can cause someone the wrong yeah yeah like even even when he someone someone made a point to him saying like why are you against this when you're not against like hate speech and he made a brilliant point that there's a huge difference between there's things that you can't say which is hate speech and there's things that you have to say which is that new bill, you know? And I think mm. there is a, a big difference between saying you're not allowed to say that, but you have to say this. Um, and I think yeah. that was really something that he was he was pushing. And yeah, like, I think an army of one as well, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think hate speech is, I think it's kind of, people think it's quite a grey area of when it's hate speech and when it's not. But like, I think, like, 
obviously if you're going to shout there's a fire in a cinema and there's no fire in the cinema like you're not allowed to say that so I think when mm. there's like when there's a clear kind of a thing like that where it's just this isn't going there's no good coming out of this yeah like if I'm going to say something and there's actually no way of flipping it to where I meant something else or I didn't even like no I think then yeah obviously you shouldn't be saying it then um, yeah yeah how is uh America handling this uh <laughs> virus no <laughs> just well really. kind of Joe Biden has gone into office and just clicked control all to least again and again and again and again and again on Trump's administration um yeah. which was kind of funny to see like he he went back into the World Health Organization and the Paris Accord um so it's all like it it seems to be a, a change for good but it'll just It'll be interesting to see how progressive of a change it is um, and see whether they are all Biden's policies or whether they're, you know, kind of up and coming Democrats that are that are pushing his hand. Um, But we'll see. I think uh, America needs a young president. I know, like, because if you if you look at a lot of I think they need kind of. The more kind of younger generations kind of. I think Ireland's the same. If yeah. I'm honest. Yeah, you try, but you know, like you look at all like the I feel I felt like one of the best presidents of America of America was Obama, like, and I don't think anyone has like a bad word to say about him because he was just kind of I I didn't even see that much hassle with a with America even when he was president, but like ever since that, like him, you know, yeah, I think Trump come in with so yeah. controversial and stuff. It's I think you need I, some I, kind of younger, something fresher kind of a thing. It's it's kind of everyone's kind of sticking to like the the old yeah. handbook maybe i don't know yeah like i do think from us being outside of the country i think the media is the thing that we're going to get most of our things from and i think the media were very pro obama even when he might have made dodgy decisions and then they were very anti-trump when trump may have made some not so bad decisions now that's not me saying that i'm a trump supporter i'm saying that i hate obama but i'm saying that there definitely was a a lot of stuff that people weren't happy with, with Obama, with um, wars and Iraq and how he handled different things. And there was a lot that kind of was a little bit like, ooh, was that the, the right decision? Um, but then he, he was so loved as a character and as a person that it kind of helped his, like his, his reputation then kind of like move the bad stuff to the side. But I do I think, think that... Yeah. I, I do yeah. think that he was a good present overall like i think everyone's going to make like slightly um not even wrong decisions but yeah not even wrong decisions but like decisions that will have people against them like there's always going to be that um yeah yeah like like i think when it comes to politicians it's like like no politician is making a decision because they think it's a bad idea okay and it's it's kind of the same idea as it's like and if an actor is playing a villain in a film they can't be in the mindset that they're a villain because no villain thinks they're a villain. You know, mm. they always think that they're doing the right thing. So I think like people can have different policies like Obama and Trump did. But the big difference is even though uh, Obama may have had policies that Repu- Republicans didn't agree with, he was still able to unite America. Yeah, Trump I won. agree. Yeah, I think the, the most important part, like forget policies, like obviously policies are important, but the most important part like is, them, as you, you said, them out. Yeah. yeah, and the most important part is the making actually the majority at least of a country feel a bit more together um, and feel yeah. that, you know, someone is actually doing mostly good 
um yeah they may have made wrong decisions but you can voice that as a as a uh, democracy like and you can voice it and things will change eventually then but i think yeah trump did the, the number one mistake is the fact that he divided everybody so clearly yeah. um and <clears throat> like he he did like i think if anyone's going to sit here and say that trump made every not one good decision like that's not true he made he did he did a lot of good stuff as well um but the main thing that matters he didn't do good at all and completely butchered it and that's then why he needed to leave um and yeah, i think like I, yeah no i i just think like at the start when we were looking like if you remember back in his when he was getting um when he was going for his first run um a lot of people and i'm going to be honest i was looking at it like you know what it's a change like it's a business guy it could be something good like you never know what's going to happen here he's a bit kind of he's charismatic you don't like go for it like it's it's one it's a different person to see what happens he actually had people having a bit of hope saying you know what there could be a bit of a change here um and then he completely ruined it and completely ruined his opportunity and i don't have like i don't I wouldn't give him a second chance or a third chance or anything like that. I think he completely ruined the most important part. So get rid of him. Yeah, like I think if COVID wasn't a thing, number one, he could have gotten a second term. But yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. he like he probably would have. Definitely. You know, um but I I think the fact that COVID it was unlucky for him. All right, that like kind of COVID came along. <laughs> unlucky. And then, <laughs> and then and then the fact that he didn't agree with the election and all that kind of thing. It was like, it was those final weeks that will make him go down in history as a terrible president, which yeah. is a shame because of all the terrible things he did over the last four years as well. But when people think, oh, he was a bad president, it'll be because he didn't deal with COVID properly and he didn't accept the results of the election. You know? Yeah. Not anything else, which maybe could have been his plan. I don't know. But because he's not stupid, you know? He's, he's, well, he's like, very intelligent. He's, very he's intelligent. definitely not stupid. Um, but and and like anything that he does say that seems stupid, kind of there there has to be ulterior motives and stuff. Like I, I remember one of the the court hearings for you know Brett Kavanaugh to the mm. uh, the Supreme Court is he baffled on to the press for about two hours. He did um, an unannounced press conference for two hours while that was going on, which everyone looked at saying, "Oh, what's he doing? He's being stupid," but all the media were talking about his stupid answers and not Brett Kavanaugh's answers for his, his uh, court hearing, he, you know? Everything he did, he did for a reason. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think he I made think that, he... Like, there, there, there were things that definitely, there's elements of him that are stupid. Like, I remember there was one time he was he was addressing some Marine Corps and he was like, uh, Melania really wished she could be here, but she couldn't. And she was standing right next to him. Um <laughs> You know, which does that speak into the conspiracy theory that there's more than one Melania, um, <laughs> and the fake one was there. But uh, <laughs> Jeffrey, I've seen. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like so there was definitely stupid things that he said that were stupid for the sake of being stupid. But I think all the big moments that were stupid were orchestrated. Hmm. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, lockdowns are. I think, like, I think if right now with the whole the, this lockdown that we're in right now, I think I, I I don't even think we can like revert anything and kind of 
go back and do it a different way. I think it's like we're basically now in like the the final stage and we're looking to now redo everything. And it's like, no, you just got to finish it out now. Um, I think like, yeah, I, I agree. I think what they'll do now is what month are we even in? March. Or February, well, February, we're February, February. We're going into February. So we've February, <laughs> right? I know, I know, I know. So lock, lockdown's messing me up. So I think what they'll do is they'll try to get this, the, this, is it the, the, what was the school situation that they were, uh, not that there was drama with a couple of weeks ago? Was it the special, the special yes, schools? Yes, it is. And the, the special yeah. schools, yeah. Yeah. So I think that they'll be trying to get them back first before anything. And that will delay everything. Um, so I think that, They'll be getting in maybe in the end of February um, first. And that will be kind of a, let's see how that goes. Um, I think they'll have to make a leaving cert decision before we go back. Michal Martin said there'll be clarity this next week. Um, on the, He said some clarity. Yeah, some clarity. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I think... It's the same last year as well. <laughs> I think it's, it is a tough position though, you know, like, because like, like myself and Adam, we were students last year for it. And I think, like, coming straight out and saying, okay, we're cancelling the exams, like, although in an ideal world that's what they could do, like, without a doubt, and I understood that's why they wouldn't do it for us, is that will result in, you know, about 600 or 60,000 students around the country having nothing else to do, going out, meeting up, spreading the virus. You know, so I think the idea of a leaving cert is to some extent containing 60,000 or so people within the country um, which is is one aspect to it but then at the same time you can't be dragging them on for no reason yeah. so I think it's, it, it's definitely a hard position to put someone in um, but it's a hard position for, for the government as well and you kind of have to appreciate that at the same time still needing clarity because the moment you've none you know mm. Yeah, I feel I feel very like I think it's worse off this year for leaving cert than it was for us last year, in my opinion, because yeah, even in fifth year for like Dave's group now, um, you know, they were out of school in fifth year, uh, for a bit as well. And to carry that on to sixth year, like fifth year is probably arguably the most uh heavy year. Yeah, in, out, influential yeah. year, yeah. Like you're gonna you kinda have to uh knuckle down for fifth year you know and sixth- and i think this point as well like i think this point that we're in right now for a sixth year i think it's really when you you kind of finish things off and wrap it all up yeah um and i think it's like the most important part of sixth year in a way because like if you look at it after pre's it's just complete study in a way um you and can I, do that at home yeah yeah so i think like at this point right now when we're supposed to wrap things up and we're already behind i think that's the worst right. point. And I think fifth year, like you said, that's the worst point like, of the, yeah. fifth year. To be like, locked I think down you're, you're definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah like I, I think, I think you're definitely in a worse position than we were, but you didn't have to be if the government had a plan, you know, like yeah, they could have yeah, had a yeah. plan and given, you know, proper state exams and subjects every month, done a continuous assessment so that if they had to do some sort of a predictive grading, it yeah, would be have easy to have it and across yeah, the board yeah. results. You know, they, like that. that, like that's just one idea that they could have had for you to make it much easier, but they didn't. They came back thinking that you'll be fine for June. Yeah, like you I know? think that really shows um, a, the kind mm. of old-fashioned backward thinking of where we'll just, you know, we'll we'll mm. drive on and we'll or oh, we'll figure that out now later on. Yeah, and but like, it'll like be fine. Is, 
you might be in a like a COVID wise, you could be in a position to sit the exams in June. You know, but not from a point of view that you won't have the yeah, information. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not de- I'm not debating the fact that it's not safe to sit an yeah, exam. I like, think like I think if could, you want it could be safe. Yeah, yeah. I think if you want to sit an exam um in a safe matter, I think that's completely doable in today's yeah. world after knowing what the virus is, knowing what you can do to prevent it more um and keep everyone safe. Like I'm not debating that at all. I'm debating the fact that the leaving cert one is the whole point of it is to have some um standardized exam that's fair yeah. with everyone so that there's no mm-hmm. like oh this which student anyway. did better off which yes it isn't anyway but now it's going to be like a complete mess up because other schools do things completely different they take the course completely different they start with new things they start with like everything is different in that sense the other thing now that we're noticing is that the way schools even never mind schools on the broader scale but even within schools how different teachers assess their classes is very different um so Mm. someone might have a harder test or a harder exam um for the continuous assessment and then they're going to get better results than or they'll get worse results than someone who might have an an easier teacher and i think that's a problem that they're looking at now realizing that that's probably why there was such inflated grades as well is that you had a lot of people that you know had easy enough tests um or not even easy, but you know when they're smaller and they're in fourth year and fifth year, and you're looking at yeah. everybody getting 60s, 70s, like 80s. You know, so yeah, like exactly. 10 questions or something. Yeah, yeah. And but I, you I add think, that I in. One of the, yeah. No, like I'm just saying, yeah. you add that in, and it's going to yeah. obviously inflate a grade. Like that's that's no comparison mm. to getting a H four in a full exam that's two and a half hours long. Yeah, but I think I think one of the big things that showed a lot of inflation, which kind of people don't like to accept but if you look at it it's true is there were certain private schools oh yeah that if you look at a teacher that usually gets four h1s in the class got 15 h1s or put forward 15 h1s and ended up yeah. getting eight of them so still that's a drastic decrease but it's still double what that teacher would normally get yeah. in that class you know um and i'm not saying that that only happens in in the private schools but it, there was a lot of data to suggest that for one hundred percent, not one hundred percent. Like which I think, is, if... which is unfair because, yeah. No, go on, finish. Because I think some students then that like, like if you think of it this way, if there was like two students that got eighty-eight percent, and then this system downgraded one, how do you decide which one to downgrade? You know. Yeah. Um. Like I got what was it? I think I got like eighty-six percent in biology, and I was downgraded to seventy-five you know which makes no sense um so shout out to mr canty thank you for giving me a h2 but the government uh... <laughs> <laughs> whole purpose coming on here just to say that <laughs> and all, yeah. they, they, all they do is go on about their beloved bell curve um which then they'll mm. use as kind of to hide behind which is why people get downgraded but i don't know like i can't i don't think that that should just be the reason why people are getting downgraded yeah. like i think you need to like, look at it a little bit more deeper than that oh it's a bell curve so oh that's why yeah do you think in you know when the virus does you know eventually go down or whatever next year the year after will they change up the leaving cert will it be changed will there be things put in place like will Depends it be who's in government like i think like in an ideal world it would be because I think this shows just 
how not being able to sit one exam at the start of June can stop an entire cohort of people from getting into college potentially you know so I, I think from that respect like it definitely should be changed like I don't see any problem with the syllabus or anything like that but it, it's the point system is the issue yeah. you know it's this yeah. this like that kind of a system of getting people into college is the big yeah. issue and that's well, what I was talking about yeah no sorry I cut you off go on yeah no like that's what I was saying to one of the the previous minister for education rang me when I was doing that whole petition thing, Rory Quinn, and he was the guy that brought in the the more class based assessments for the junior cert and tried to mm. take it away from that one exam at the end of June type thing. And he was saying like that the the curriculum is an interesting curriculum, you know, and it, like it is the stuff you're learning can be interesting, but the fact that you're learning it purely to just recite this information. Um, to get enough points to get into your course like that's really where the issue lies yeah like I, I agree but I also disagree Um, I agree with the fact that the whole points system like 100% I think that's a that's a joke Um, and I really really question like I would question someone like how they can sit there and say that oh the points system's great like I, I, I would just be like mm-hmm. baffled if someone came to me but with the curriculum I do think we are definitely behind in a, yeah, in a good few subjects. Say. Like yeah. I'm not saying every subject at all. Like I do, um, I heard that a lot of the science uh, subjects are very forward um, and they're very detailed and they're very um, like closer to college than a lot of, you know, Canadian high mm. school courses or um, American high school or even England maybe. Um, like I do think some subjects are fantastic. Um maths i think is is one to be very high level maths like the detail that you get into in higher level maths is is very very um pointless pointless but tough like it's it's tough like a lot of people like if if you took the very smart kids in other countries and you put them into a leaving cert maths class um they would find it very difficult like our courses are difficult but i'm look i'm on about there's certain subjects that are like the business subjects in particular, very old fashioned, very out of date. And I think business in general is something that always continues to change. But I think that's, you got to deal with that, with what it is. It's a subject that continuously changes. Um, like it's, it's like science, like science is going to continuously slightly change and more things are going to be, um, with more studies and everything, I think more things are going to be found out. And I think business is, a, is another one like that, where you just, you have to keep up with the times or else you're just going to teach something that isn't relevant anymore. Yeah, but the majority of business that we learn in school doesn't change, apart from the IT chapter. But I'm saying that that's, that's not... really it. But I'm saying that's not true. Like, it, it, the, business, the business books, like, they're very old-fashioned and out-of-date. The, the course in general is, a, is, a, is very out-of-date. Yeah, like... The it, IT chapters and changing maybe a new act that's been amended. Yeah, they are. Like, have no. you have you read one business book that mentions like a SaaS based model business model? That there is, there isn't. Um, in in secondary but that school, obviously, mean it's out of date. it does. That doesn't mean the information in the book is out of date. That yeah, it doesn't mean the information. information yeah, added. it doesn't mean the information that's there is necessarily out of date. But it means that the course in, is outdated because the the information that's going to be needed more often in the in the world that you're going into you're not getting that information like if you look at it marketing is marketing touched on that much through through business studies 
um, yeah. in the detail that marketing could be touched on with social media, with Instagram, with Twitter, from, with from TikTok. From a leaving cert level, I think it is enough. It's definitely helped me in my career from the whole demographics of marketing. Yeah, like I'm not saying it doesn't help, but I'm saying it could be better. And I think just just saying that, oh, it's not too bad. Um, it does the job. Like, I don't think but that's good enough. why should it be so detailed for someone that isn't then going to go into a career in business? But should you that's not get you... a basis and then go into a career in business and do a but business degree if you need there should There should be more subjects than the business that are already there, in my opinion. Like, I don't, I think there's economics. I think there, there, there's economics, there's business, so there's accounting. Business is a yeah. way, is a way broader um, subject than that. And I think you shouldn't be forced, in, in our school, where you have very limited choice, uh, as we know, like, don't do, don't do, you, the, if the business subjects are broken down more, I think you can pick the part of business that you like and you don't need to do business if you don't want to do business. So like, there's no point then in saying, oh, you get a good foundation if you don't want to do business. Like don't do a business subject if you don't want to do a business subject. But that's what college is for, is to specialize. Yeah. It's the same thing with biology, physics, chemistry. Yeah, They're all a broad basis. Just as well. to say that as well, um, Dave, you know, you're saying it, it could, you know, it's uh, it could be better, but you could say that about all the subjects, I think. Um, yeah, I think you could. Yeah. It's just in any country. Yeah. 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 But I think like if, if, if you look at the education system in Canada, where you can do entrepreneurship as a subject in, in high school, you can do marketing as a subject in high school. Um, you can even do anthropology, sociology, um, kinesiology. Uh, I think but that is think a lot more beneficial. I was thinking about you saying that, actually. But do you think it's because there's less students in Ireland compared to Canada that you're able to go into that yeah, more, more much demand. specific detail? Yeah, yeah. There's more demand in a place like Canada with you and know, availability. Yeah, you know, but I, but I think if you if you broke out the if you broke if you got a survey through all your students and you were like, if we added this course into your school, would you take it? I think we'd see a, a, a very different picture where I think you'd have a lot more people not doing normal science and they might do kinesiology. I think you'll have a lot more people doing anthropology, sociology, a, su- a subject similar to that. I think you'll have a lot more people doing. Like computer science, I, I'm baffled that it's still not a subject in most schools. I know it's coming in now, slowly, um, mm-hmm. and it's mostly coming in through public community schools, isn't it? Um, but that should be everywhere. That's That should be a subject well, I, I that think, was done five years ago. Yeah. Like, I think the whole thing about giving a, a survey and seeing what students would um, accept it wouldn't be an accurate representation of whether it's a good thing or not, because I think it's it's new. So people will say, oh, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. You need to have it in for at least six or seven years and then see whether there's a high take up or not. Still, I want people know what the material is like. Like PE, everyone's like, oh, PE was a subject. That'd be great. I do that, blah, blah, blah. And now when <clears throat> people are actually looking into what PE as a subject are, a lot of people are saying, I don't like it. Yeah, but that's the initial kind of shock factor that comes in when they pick something that they didn't know that it would be like that. I think if you held on and waited now, if you wait for three or four years and you've, you'll have a lot more people doing PE and a lot more people positively picking PE, being like, yeah, I'm interested in the different side, sides to PE and the different parts of the subject. And they're not going into PE thinking they're just there to play table tennis on a Friday. They're going in to learn about more health the health side of things because if you look at it look at how our world is changing even with fitness and social media with more people getting into the gym more people being aware um 
like a good yeah a good PE subject that's there's no negative to that at all um yeah no but but that that, that's exactly my my point it'll be a smaller number of people will then be happy to do that subject then would be if you did a survey at the beginning saying who wants to do PE as a subject yeah but I think go on I, I I think this that will happen inevitably with every subject but I think just because it might be a smaller amount doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it uh, I think that it, like education should be education is a lot more powerful and a lot more interesting when it's broader like instead of just having your science your business subjects and your English maths and Irish like I think when you start if you really broke it down um, and like if you look at our school imagine if you added in computer science as a subject imagine if you added in marketing as a subject imagine if you added in uh, P as a subject to do I think it would it would be a lot better yeah, yeah, it, it lot, would be yeah. fantastic, but I think it's uh, it's it's a lot to do with the the size of the country. It's a lot to do with like um, you know, the demand. As Daniel was saying earlier, I think um, you know, it would be fast fantastic to have those you know to to be implemented into our course. But if you think about it, if there's say now um, how many we're doing our the leave in certain year we did it, Daniel? How many was there about in our year? Yeah, there was about ninety seven. So there's 97 people and you're breaking that into so many uh, kind of different subjects. You might only have about eight in some classes. And would that be? I think a lot of people benefit from a smaller class. I agree to that as well. But it's the it's it's more to do with the uh, the kind of finances involved. I, f- I feel it's uh, yeah. it's 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 I, I, I would I completely agree with you, Dave, to the part where I'd love if there was more uh, subjects available, more kind of uh more specific you know specific uh court you know subjects i feel like that's brilliant like you know more kids can be you know to their niche like to do what they find whoa that's exactly what i want to do but there's also the fact that you know you know having so many courses that means you know bringing in more teachers and you know kind of kind of like a like a like a less um, yeah like I, I know what you're saying there yeah there, there's problems that come with that which is money is the biggest one um but i i don't i don't accept that you can just hide behind that factor uh because there's a you can if i know it sounds a bit cringe but if there's a will there's a way um i think if you actually broke it down and how your finances are spent and how effective they were spent like if you look at our wi-fi plan that's been going on that they've been pumping money into like that's a complete shambles and it's gone the the national wi-fi plan that they want everywhere in the whole entire country to have 4g or whatever um it took them like billions and it hasn't been fully finished or it isn't finished for a while i'm not sure um like i think when you look at it like if you wanted to do it and you wanted to fix it where there's clearly something it could be better i think you could do it but like like i think like it's a great idea in an ideal world that you could do that in secondary school but you're going into the realm of of college then it's like saying to a primary school student instead of just doing science once on a friday oh let's split that now into you know astrophysics and biology and and chemistry yeah but you know you know how deep you know how deep subjects go 
And like, you can't yeah. just say that you'll be taken in from a course. I think you can then improve the courses in college to make them more, take away the beginner's first year stuff, have that as the leaving cert um, But section. you won't have everyone going into that college course that has done that in secondary school. That's the big issue. If you have more choice at secondary school, you're less likely that you'll have more of a differentiation in colleges. So, so you're saying to go over everything again in college. But if you look at, um, if you're doing medicine as a postgrad, they do the first year of undergrad medicine in the space from September until Christmas in the first. You um, do. Yeah. Yeah. So like something similar could be brought in. But that's for one subject. That's on a much smaller scale. They, they, fit, they fit three semesters into their first year. Yeah. Do you imagine doing that for every course? But it wouldn't need to be for every course. If you have that much choice at secondary school, it would need to be for the majority but of it, like, I'm not saying bring in 200 extra subjects. I'm saying bring in computer science as a standard one for every single school, not just a couple of schools here and there. So automatically, that, like, you can't say that, oh, that takes away from the leaving cert computer science because we all know computer science, how deep that goes and how like you can have you can learn computer science for 12 years and not be completely um good at it so like you can get the basics done in computer science and leaving sort as a subject um i'm saying there should be maybe a different business then like marketing i think could be should be a subject um or entrepreneurship i think entrepreneurship is a huge one looking at tax uh looking at how to set up a company how, like all of that kind of stuff that comes along with it um like business is very complex and i think when you for the leaving sir it's too like everything is a bit simple and then when you get into college i still think the college from what i've heard business in college is still a little bit simplified as well um it's not it's not as real life as it could be and I just think an improvement to that subject as a whole across the board from leaving sir, up through college, I don't see why it wouldn't be good or it wouldn't be a good idea to try anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And the only thing is I don't see the necessity. I see all oh, would be a nice thing to have. But and I, I do agree with certain things like it would be good to have, you know, go into more detail on entrepreneurship and marketing and stuff. But like from the from what you were saying earlier about having loads of different courses like i don't see the point in having loads but you of see that you see the dropout rate in colleges yeah it's 20 percent. don't finish their course very very high um there's especially first years recently i think it's gotten even worse um the first years will just drop out and change or change course or whatever that can be avoided by adding more choice in leaving cert can it yeah 100 like if i'm going into bis and I'm thinking it's a business. Well, a one BIS, look at the amount of students that do BIS. Um, that can, like, that's due to a lot of them doing just business in, in Leaving Cert. If you broke that up and, you, and business was a lot varied in Leaving Cert, you would have a lot more people going into marketing. You'd have a lot more people going into another side of a business subject rather than just going for BIS because that's kind of what people look at. They think business, BIS, let's, let's go. Um, then you look at all the people in BIS. If you take them and they're in already in BIS, would they be happier doing another section of business 
if or the other specific part of BIS that they would have known previously if they'd done it in the leaving cert. Like the people that go into BIS who have more of a thing for computer science, would they be better? Would they know that they like computer science more if they did computer science in leaving cert? I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Yeah, but I think it's something that you need to look at. Uh, look, lads, I think this is just getting into a, a bit of a heated debate. Now. We've, we all have our different opinions on things. And uh, we, we, all, we all think there could be, <clears throat> you know, better things done here, better things done there, you know, and change, you know, changes in a lot of things. But again, that's just the beauty of an opinion. And, you know, how we'll have to just see how things will change. Like, I don't, I don't uh, see how... Um, adding kind of like i think um what you're saying is right dave and what you're saying daniel is correct also you see it's it's just a complicated situation that uh, yeah it's, it's we're just going to go into a rabbit hole yeah. because we, you saying one thing and a dinosaur saying another it's just going to end up you know going into a the same kind of loop in just a another subject or something so i think we all can agree to disagree on you know uh when it comes to the education system there's definitely improvements to be made and i I hope there will be, you know, changes um, in the upcoming years and whatever. But yeah, I think like definitely if if our leaving cert and your leaving cert this year now is anything to go by, there needs to be huge changes to how you get into college. Definitely. And I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, uh, have you seen Portugal's model where they get in, they, they pick their first course and they, they get into whatever their first course is? Um, they don't need to, there's no point system. No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, so, they, so so basically yeah. if you put down your you put down your first course you'll automatically get accepted and basically then by christmas you'll know if if you're going to keep it on if you're not if you're going to drop out or move course that that sounds and good. do they do any exams to get accepted or do they just say they want mm, to i'm, I'm not sure it. i'm not sure i think yeah. it's continuous assessment um mm. and then like obviously there'll be requirements to get into a course like you need to do english yeah. or you need to do maths yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then it's like, all right, that's my first course. There's no waiting for a point system. I'll get into it. And then if you're terrible at it, like by Christmas, you'll know this isn't for me and you'll move. Mm. I think it'll be, yeah. it could be something that we that could be done for my leaving search this year as something. But I do think it's too big of a jump that they won't make that decision realistically. It'd be hard to plan it out by now till yeah. next mm. next uh, year, yeah, for the first years going in. Like I think definitely continuous assessment in some aspects. Whether yeah, 100%. it's fully or whether it's, you know, like 6% of your grade ends up being these exams you've done over the last two years. Like either way, something should be done like that. Because there's no point in just having to learn all this information just to write it down, you know. Um, it's definitely just write down an exam. Like it's definitely not the way to go forward. Um, but hopefully, like I think I think the, the position that they're in at the moment is the fact that like they could even if they were to do a point system, okay, to see whoever gets this point gets the course. But then once that is like capped, okay, so they have a certain amount of places, a certain amount of points. Once that is capped, anyone who wants to do that course can still do that course because we now know that you can do college from online and that everyone after that capped number can do the course but are doing it online, you know? Mm. So that the places in the college have stayed the same and then if you if you really let's say you really want to do psychology, but there's only fifty places and you were like the fifty-sixth person, if you really want to do it, you can, but you're gonna be doing it online. 
you know that's interesting yeah yeah I, I, and I, especially with the whole dropout rate then as well as, as people drop out or as people go to like the change of minds to a different course then those online people can can move in based on i like that idea that's that's very interesting yeah i like that uh that idea behind things that's um seeing how it would how it would work would be difficult though to maneuver yeah but yeah i don't think i don't think because something's difficult you yeah like i I don't think just because it's difficult you shouldn't do it or try it anyway yeah but um yeah i know i i i think that's definitely an option that you can look at yeah. but i just think this whole oh let's uh like our school want us to do pre's right mm-hmm. and i was like i was looking at it and i was like okay fine like i'm screwed but all right i'll deal with it and i was i was I, and then it just hit me and i was like right what's the reason why we're probably not doing a normal leaving cert i know i can't say we we don't know but realistically um and it's because of the amount of time in school lost and the amount of course that you haven't finished. Yeah. And then it re- like it hit me like that still applies to the pre. The pre is, is like they, they, they told us that they'll be getting pre's from is exam craft because the other ones stopped doing them. Oh, really? Um, yeah, DB stopped um, producing them. They said we're not sending them out mm. for the pre's so they were like right well there'll be exam craft um and you'll be doing them and it'll be used for predicted and we were i just was like if you did before your year now the year the years previous to all of this yeah the pre's you could fail the pre's completely bottle it and it wouldn't necessarily have any impact to your actual exam mm-hmm. but for us or even for our year that's what we thought yeah. when we sat when we sat our pre's. yeah exactly but for us now we're going to have to sit pre's at a disadvantage that would be the same as a leaving cert where it's a replica exam and we have um i lost my train of thought yeah so we've to sit pre's that are a replica of the leaving cert with um, the same amount of class lost for what it would have been for the leaving cert. But this time the pre actually has repercussions. And yeah. if you don't do good, it affects your final grade. Yeah. Like I think the one thing to slightly reassure you would be that there's no teacher going to like exam craft do about six or seven different pre's to choose from. So they're not going to give you a pre with a lot of questions and stuff that you haven't covered. So like, let's say your biology teacher will look through and will pick the exam that has the most stuff that you've done and might, when they send it out, say, oh yeah, question 17 isn't on the exam. You don't need to do that. So I think, I think they will make sure that the exam isn't loads of stuff that you don't know. Um, but on the broader scale i still i do agree with what you said but just from yeah, a worrying and, perspective you should be no okay. i i know i know what you're saying but then when I'm, I'm looking at that and it's like we've done a lot over lockdown or lockdowns mm. and i think that it's very difficult to cover it yeah. to the same extent and i think if those questions show up people are going to be a lot more um like not they won't be prepared for them uh, especially in a subject like maths I, I find maths is very difficult from home, uh, mm. higher level maths. And yeah, so did I. Yeah, so I don't know how that's, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how that's going to work if you've an exam and you've a lot of the course covered at home 
and you have to then do an exam on it and oh, this exam also will have a big huge impact on your final result predicted whatever calculated I don't know it's a really really weird uh, scenario we're all in yeah I'm not just saying the students but I'm saying teachers as well and yeah, schools yeah. Um, and the government and that they need to actually find a solution that isn't like isn't doesn't seem good for one type of person but then really screws up another type of person mm. or like and keep it fair across the board yeah, yeah I, I found the predicted grades last year even a bit of a a bit of a not i don't want to say joke but it was a bit stupid because interesting uh, yeah interesting <laughs> it's because uh i'm pretty like in a couple of subjects there i didn't get many exams like for the whole year like, even in fifth year we didn't really get many exams but yet then when the leaving cert came around and we got to predict the grades, it's as if they kind of just went, yeah, we'll give them a there, there, about 60, there, there. You know, mm. it's a, a fit, but with, you see, with, Dave, with Dave's here now, I, I find it's probably even tougher, like, since they yeah. didn't do really many exams. You missed out on exams from fifth year as well, from lockdown. Yeah, yeah. like we did, a, we did a lockdown summer exam thing, which to and be fair, yeah, which well, like, to be fair, it, they were they weren't easy but like you can't stop people yeah you can't stop people cheating and stuff um and then we had the pre-pre's there which i think now people are worried that they were going along thinking all pre-pre's don't matter and now they realize oh they do matter and now they're in trouble so now so now they're all saying oh let's do um we need to do pre's so that we can do better in the pre's but then they're not thinking of everybody else who might have n- known that they were important um did good for them and now is realizing that the pre's actually wouldn't be fair at all to do in the normal way um if it's going towards your your grades and they're like they're, it should be continuous assessment or something um so yeah i don't know i'm just trying to think as well when I was doing the uh, art history, and uh, like we didn't, we got like one class test, and we had the pre's for the art history or the pre pre's. I can't remember which which one we had. I think we had the pre's. And if you think about it, if they're marking off of that, that's that, like are they marking off the art you did in the in the year? I don't, I actually don't even know how they'd mark it now. Like especially because I don't. You did do your pre's. You did a pre pre. Did you do pre pre um, on art history? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I got. So, um, is that the only result that they can go off of? So, and the work you uh, do yeah. Well, I had no class tests for. Actually, I had a, a, a diagram test for art history. But you know what I mean? Um, it's it's very yeah. interesting. You know, that's a, like especially in other subjects. Well, it could be the exact same that you know a teacher's style of teaching mightn't even be. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Listen, this has gone on. I, I probably longer than Daniel expected. <laughs> I think we should. Uh, we'll we'll. Uh, wrap up there wrap up Daniel, leave Daniel go for his dinner or something <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen Daniel thanks uh, thanks so much for coming on it was uh, absolutely brilliant to have, have you as our first guest you know um, we'd happy to have, come on uh, yeah we'd we really appreciate it yeah it's, thanks for helping us out so much and um, I'd love to have you on again sometime in the near future about some Rant other topic something, else. something yeah. that you and Dave can have another debate about will I stay <laughs> quiet <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah thanks so much and we'll uh, We'll leave it at that. Yeah.